It was a really sunny wake in California. The kids were at the beach with Colin, and I was in the van, and I started looking at properties in the Mojave Desert, like a place I'd never been in my life. And then all of a sudden, I just found a little cabin. <laughs> I have to say that I, I get really driven by my intuition. So I felt like this was maybe something that I should share with Colin. So I was like, hey, Cole, like, just take a look. Look what I found. Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding Parenthood, a week-by-week podcast series hosted by me, Colin Boyd, and my partner, Sophie Aldino. Each week, we cover our family's rewilding journey by sharing stories, advice, and wisdom gained in traveling full-time in a converted 1978 Mercedes 508D command and control center across North America. Tonight, we're recording from Boulder, Colorado, and we are actually not in the command and control center as we've left it behind for a little while, but we're going to get into that in the show. And this week, we're launching a little mini-series talking about a project that we started last November in the heart of the Mojave Desert in California. We're so excited to share this story because we poured our heart and soul into this jackrabbit cabin in a place in the world that I certainly never thought I'd live. And it's been quite the journey and we can't wait to share it with you. So we've got episode one of a three-part series coming your way. All right, welcome back to the night show. <laughs> what time is it, so? I have no idea, but it's definitely past 10 or 10.30. 10.30. So, Cole, where are we and why are we here? We're in Boulder, Colorado. It's funny because we were here a year ago and we spent about a month here. We're here because we have some awesome friends who invited us to come stay at their place. It just so happens that we are en route from our van parked in back in California back to our home in Maine. We decided to park the van and store it for a couple months and get ourselves a little rocket that we could take across the, the country and have a vehicle back at home. So if you want to tell us a little bit about how this all happened this past week. It was kind of a busy week, wasn't it? Yes, it was. You know, as we were planning to leave the van behind for probably a couple of months, we spent the whole week really packing and planning for our trip across the country. We're on the way to Maine. We started in Santa Barbara, California. I guess we started in Ventura. And we were still parenting. We were trying to think what we should take with us, um, try to be minimal, and and trying to pick a car to drive across the country, which that was a little bit, um, how would you say it? Challenging, Challenging exciting, <laughs> stressful, sweaty. Demanding. So while we'll scroll down Facebook and Craigslist, um, looking for the perfect car to take us across the country and replace our awesome current home, the van. We found um, a Ford hybrid and it didn't turn out really well. <laughs> Since like day number one, red lights started coming up on the dashboard. The car spent like two or three days in the garage. And when we thought the car was all ready to roll, the car shut down on the highway. While I was driving to Ventura trying to get a cover for the van. Literally on our way out of town. Yes. So I was like, that's it. 
we can't take this car across the country. So we actually took it to another mechanic to figure out what was going on with the car and just to feel like we were, we decided to sell this car and we wanted to be fair for the next person that will acquire the new vehicle. So we put the car for sale. Uh, Actually, the car got sold really fast. (laughs) It took only, uh, I think, less than 24 hours to somebody else decide to sell it. Anyway, so then we had to deal with some paperwork, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, we found a new car and it's been great so far. How's the vibe, Cole? (laughs) The, The vibe's pretty relaxed right now. We've made the transition out of the van, got it packed up. It's all stored away. There's a cover on it. We found this great new car. We got out of the old one, didn't lose too much money. And I think the vibe is feeling really nice. We've had two days here to um, relax a little bit after an 18-hour push on the road, and we're ready for another we're, we're gearing up tomorrow morning to leave at four or five o'clock in the morning for the and next 30 hours, <laughs> the next 18 hour push. Oh so my God. yeah, that will be exciting. So stay tuned for some stories from that. But anyways, why we don't dive right in into these really exciting series. So this episode, this series is really exciting because we hope it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, In the past 18 months, outside of building out the van and kind of the trip itself, this was the most exciting thing that we did, which was find an abandoned piece of property in the heart of the Mojave Desert and turn it into our own. For that being said, this is not the first abandoned piece of property (laughs) (laughs) we acquire. Yeah, we kind of have a knack for that. But anyways, it drew upon every ounce of, of our souls to bring this house to life. And I can't express that enough. But anyways, I'm actually going to hand it back over to you, Self, because this whole thing was your idea. I never, ever in my life thought that I would have lived in the desert or bought a house there. So, Sophie, how did this happen? So, we it was a really sunny wake uh, in California. We were in Santa Monica. We were... We were supposed to be there only for a day, but the weather was so nice that we decided to stay there for a week. The kids were at the beach with Colin, and I was supposed to be in the van doing some work, but (laughs) I was doing other kind of work, and I started looking at properties in the Mojave Desert, like a place like I'd never been in my life, a place that I only heard, I think, like a couple of times. I mean, i seen photos of the Joshua trees, which are really beautiful and attractive, but yeah, you know, just just another place in in the United States. So I started looking at properties, just scrolling down, and then all of a sudden, I just found a little cabin (laughs) with a pistachio groove. I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. (laughs) I know how much Colin loves nuts. Nuts Nuts from trees. (laughs) Tree nuts. So, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I kind of stopped. I look at it. I look at it like many times and something just called me. I was like, wow, this is 
I don't know. This is cool. I mean, not like the photos look cool at all. It no, was just it like terrible. But I don't know why. You know, it's just one of those things. I have to say that I, you know, I get really driven by my intuition. So I felt like this was maybe something that I should share with Colin, maybe. <laughs> and I honestly thought that he was going to be like, whatever, you're crazy, and just keep moving. So Colin got back in the van from the beach, and I was like, hey, Colin, like, just take a look. Look what I found. And I did. I took a look, and that's exactly what I said. You're crazy, self. But... I kind of like the craziness. And to be honest, a year on the road had really primed me for a number of reasons for this project. For one, we were feeling like it was time for us to settle down with the van and not travel so much. So we were actually planning to be in Sayulita, Mexico for the winter and live in a house down there and put our kids in school, stop traveling so much. And we were basically a couple weeks away from crossing the border to do that. However, when Sophie brought this up, it seemed like, well, maybe we could put the Sayulita in Mexico plan on pause, do a house. This would be um, really cool for a number of reasons, and I was open to it. And I had heard, also heard about Joshua Tree. One of my friends had been going out there quite a bit and had nothing but good things to say about it. So I, yeah, I agreed. I, I hopped on the phone with the realtor. We lined up the property to go check out for the next day. I also lined up another property to check out just so we could get a taste for the market. And that one was also interesting. That's kind of how Sophie and I roll. We move fast on things. We don't plan too far in advance. And when we see something that looks interesting, we act. The funny thing is like, whenever we try to plan things in advance, it never works out. I don't know why, but we're like, okay, we're doing this, this and this. It feels good. We're planning a week in advance. And honestly, we always end up doing something different. The, so. Or the complete opposite of what we tried to do. So anyways, we did set an appointment for the next day and we drove up the hill. So our first appointment, we met Rick, our realtor, who was also selling the property. Well, not the first property. He was. He got us in there. And I remember just wondering what we were doing there. <laughs> the house was really nice. Don't get me wrong. It was mustard yellow with green trim. The couple that owned it had obviously put a ton of love into it. They put up a new sunshade. Um, the color was cool. They had it really styled well on the inside. The plants looked really nice. The exterior was great. There was a couple of outbuildings, a shed, a roof top viewing deck on top of the shed but the magic was already there on the property there was really nothing that i mean of course there was things that we could do to improve it but the reason why we were going there to do this project was to get our hands dirty and and do a project and this one was kind of already done and it was also quite a bit more expensive additionally it was on the road to the dump and it's a lot busier than you'd expect we walked away thinking well that was a cool place super affordable, but we both knew that the next house, the cabin, the abandoned cabin was what we were really there to see. So from there, we took off through the desert. I was still, could not grasp why we were there and the road, the road, <laughs> I was just, just couldn't even imagine living there. And we just drove deeper and deeper into the desert. We got off the pavement and started down the bumpy dirt roads following the, the realtor. And finally we arrived at 
at Sunfair Road. How did that feel for yourself when we when we first got onto the property? For me, I think I wasn't even looking at the cabin. I I don't know why I had this weird feeling that this place will be a place that we will gather for a very long time. And yeah, I don't know. I I could just feel something very strong inside me. I mean, not like this place look amazing. The outhouse was teared down. It was like an old trailer and broken. The little cabin was pretty cute. I mean, I had a vision for it. It had this really cool old stove. The patio was really nice and it had trees. We didn't know if anything was alive or dead. It was it was a weird feeling. It was this old swing set next to um hole on the ground that I think it was like the burning hole or the 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 trash hole. The water was was working. That was a good sign. <laughs> no electricity and no shower. But I don't know, for me I didn't care about anything. I just felt like this was a piece of land that we will just own for a very long time. That was my feeling. And I think Colin and I we've been for a very long time we've been talking and dreaming about having a place that really takes you back to the land and connects you with nature and even that the desert is a harsh environment it just I don't know for me it just felt like we needed to buy this place but on my other hand I was like oh my god this is insane. I just look at this piece of property like two days ago and now we're here like trying to buy this piece of land. That is crazy. It was totally crazy. But Sophie's right. A number of things were lining up. It had been on the market for six months. You could immediately see why nobody wanted it. Sophie kind of gave you a picture of, of what it looked like, but let me just drill down into a couple areas that really stood out to me that were exceptional. So the bathroom was pretty much falling over. It was a long drop toilet with peeling pink paint that was just coming off. And the door was wide open and the rat's nest inside was all the way up to the to the toilet seat. And then along the outside, there was a two-sided fence that kind of protected the front door with all these rusty nails and weird pots and frames kind of falling off. The boards were falling out, and it was just literally a rat's nest all around it. So no working bathroom. I think the next thing for me, the big issue was the coyote den underneath the trash pile in the back. So all this, there were two old chicken coops there and the next rat's nest. And I mean, just tons and tons of wood and the coyotes were literally living under there. And then last, the the trailer, it was a cab over camper and the legs were basically ready to rip off and it was rat infested and, you know, didn't even know how we were going to move it because it was at such a weird angle and the trees had kind of grown around it. It was a problem, but you know, growing up in a family of antique auctioneers, I had been in and out of many, many houses that I had personally stripped down and cleaned up and prepped for sale. And this just felt like one of those projects, except maybe a little bit deeper. <laughs> we planned that it would take us three months to turn it around. And I think we did it in four and a half, which is pretty good. But I had no idea how challenging of a project it would be for a 280-square-foot cabin. You know, I remember when we told your parents, your mom was like, well, 
The desert? <laughs> you guys thinking about moving to the desert? Wow, I never thought Colin will live there. <laughs> yeah, never. And and I was really resistant to it. I think even the whole ride, I was looking for reasons why it was a bad idea. It's typically my MO is to find the flaws first to check and see if it's a sound idea. But I just really didn't like I didn't like it. I didn't like the desert. I liked the house. I could see the vision, but I really didn't like the desert, and I couldn't imagine myself there. That was that was the reality. So talking about that, why we don't share what happened that Friday night? That's right. So we went up on a Friday. We had wrapped up the house, and then I forget if we drove around or not, or if we just went down to the local community center, which is only about three quarters of a mile down from the house. And every Friday... Every Friday? Yeah, every Friday they have a potluck dinner. And so we thought, well, we might as well meet our new neighbors if we are going to buy this thing. So we we rolled down, walked into the potluck dinner, and met the group of mostly elderly, hard-ass people that lived out there. I mean, mostly over 50. I introduced myself. I said, we're looking at a piece of property up the road. I think the first guy said, why in the hell... <laughs> Would you consider moving to this godforsaken piece of earth? And then the next guy told me about the number of rats that he had killed that year and the different types of rats that had been coming in from potentially the Marine Corps base. In the background, the bombs were going off from the 29 Palms Marine Corps base, which was we didn't realize was you know a mainstay of the property. But there was a really good vibe. You, you could tell these people were hardy. They chose to live there. And and there was this, con it was really cool to see this community and this community center and the food was average, but the company was real and it was rare. It was, it just felt really honest. And they, they allowed us to park out front and that was enough for us. And the next morning, I think our next stop was the Joshua Tree Farmer's Market. Yes, usually on Saturdays, uh I wake up and I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. Maybe there is a farmer's market. <laughs> so we drove into Joshua Tree Center and we went to the farmer's market. And the vibe was really vibrant there. There was a lot of people from like LA or just out of town shopping. And I don't know, it was a total different experience from the Friday night of being at the community center. I mean, this was obviously the mix of tourists and locals, but I don't know, the vibe felt good. And I think that's where Colin was like, okay, I see it. I see something is going on in this place. We've talked about that before, how we actually enjoyed living in tourist towns and the number of opportunities there to, well, for one, the energy is really high because people want to be there. Two, the locals are all kind of connected around the same space, uh, outdoor activities there. And then three, there's just a number of ways to be successful because there's businesses to be started and, and people are going there to spend money. And clearly you could see that on that Saturday morning. So at that moment, the idea clicked. We could do this cabin, we could put it on Airbnb, we could probably do quite well and also have like this rad time doing this place up and also have a place to come back to in the future. So it all it all seemed to make sense. And I think at that point, I agreed that, yeah, let's make an offer. Yeah, so we kind of decided on a price and made an offer. And note aside, I mean, this piece of property was pretty inexpensive for, you know, we had a little bit of money saved and we were able to afford to buy this piece of property 
So, yeah, we decided on a number, we made an offer, and we were like, oh my freaking God, we're fucking crazy. And Cole was like, let's just go to the park. So we just drove into the park and have a great day. And yeah, I mean, if you've never been to Joshua Tree Park, it's amazing. It's beautiful. We actually went climbing. We had a great day climbing. I think Colin lost one of his shoes there. So if you see a lost shoe, it's probably Colin's. Anyway, so yeah, we had a great, great day. Kind of those days that you're just like, oh my God, I'm alive. This feels, this feels good. Sunset started showing up. It was getting dark. We decided to head back. We had no service all day, so we didn't even know if this woman actually accepted our offer or not. And we were excited. We were excited to find out if our offer was going to be accepted or not. So that's it for episode one of our three-part series about the Joshua tree of Fuera Vida Casita. So come on back next week to hear whether our offer was accepted or not and whether or not we spent the next three or four months grinding it out in the desert. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any particular questions about the show, just hit us up over at Instagram at Afuera Vida. If you want to support us, we'd love for you to share this or consider leaving a review or a rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you podcast. And yeah, we have music this week from Tomas Tyrell and Mercedes Riva. And then we also have, we're so thankful to have Mercedes Riva back on board editing the show. If you ever need any help with anything, We'll put you in touch with her. And last but not least, have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in. Adios.